Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of the Starkville Daily News, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman here with you on a Friday morning. We are glad to be with you today as the weekend is about to get started. Thanks for tuning in at supertalk.fm or wherever you get your podcasts from. We thank all our listeners, especially our servicemen and women who take care of us out there. I want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. They are taking care of business. This is a nasty, cold, rainy day. If that doesn't scream coffee, hot coffee, hot chocolate, something, just to brighten your spirits, I don't know what does. And to be clear, as we record, it is a nasty, rainy day. As you listen, it could be sunshine, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the weather is. Whether you want coffee, whether you want ice cream, whatever you want, we encourage you to go to Spring Street, Highway 12, Stranger Coffee House, Churn and Spring Ice Cream, place to be. The, the pl- it's the, the place, place to be. to be. I like that. I like that. So... Also, want to thank our sponsors uh, over at College Corner, our good friends over there at two locations in the Jackson area to serve you. They're in Ridgeland over by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood over by the Half Shell, and they have the biggest and best selection of MSU merchandise available. We are coming up on some big home events here in Starkville. Opening day, got some big basketball games coming up. You're going to want to come up here, but you're not going to want to waste that time. You want to get to the hump. You want to get to Duty Noble Field. You want to eat. You want to have a good time with your friends. Don't waste time in line buying buying your merchandise. Have it on you when you get up here because you bought it at College Corner or at collegecornerstore.com. We're talking MSU basketball in the second part of the show today. Big game coming up, and, and we want to talk about are we, are we giving this game its due? Is it bigger than we're giving it credit for? But we will start with the news that looks like it's about to happen. You know, you know, in the recruiting world, nothing is ever done. But it appears that Mississippi State is on the verge of landing a big graduate transfer, one of the the, the biggest grad transfers of, of of the cycle so far, and that is Stanford quarterback KJ Costello. He will be visiting Starkville this weekend. Uh, reading on twenty four seven Sports, Steve Wiltfong reports that. Uh, they expect Costello. I mean, he put in his crystal ball for Costello already. Uh, sounds like a strong visit. This is a quote. Well, could see the former Cardinal signal caller shut it down in favor of Mike Leach and company. It also goes on to say that if Costello decides not to commit, Mississippi State will host former Clemson quarterback Chase Bryce next weekend. But all signs are are pointing towards Costello uh, being an MSU Bulldog. A lot of gun shy MSU fans about here. It's. Because one grad transfer didn't work out, we can't ever do that again, I guess. Uh, but Costello is a very, very inter- intriguing prospect. A, a big-time passer, completed 63% of his passes uh, at, at uh, Stanford. Had a fantastic uh, junior year. 65% completion, 29 touchdowns uh, to 11 picks. Uh, threw for 3,540 yards. Just If I'm correct, that would be second all-time at Mississippi State for a nine-win Stanford team. Uh, that season, a real—I mean, a real pro prospect quarterback, 
more his resume is just better than Tommy Stevens. Stevens had never been the starter. This guy was the starter until he got hurt, uh, and now he's deciding to you know he, basically from what I can tell that he is leaving Stanford because he has graduated and his, he was not accepted into the grad trans, the graduate school at Stanford. Yeah, and you know Stanford's loss can be Mississippi State or somebody else's gain, but this is a big time prospect for Mississippi State. Uh, are you surprised that this is coming together so quickly that right out of the gate, before even a spring practice happens, Mike Leach is already thinking, I've got to, I got to, I got to shift up this quarterback room? Uh, not really, because Mike Leach does things his own way, and if he hurts feelings in that quarterback room, he doesn't probably care all that much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's a guy that is going to do things like, you know, shake, shake things up, and he ain't going to care who, whose feelings he hurts. And if, if he sees a guy in KJ Costello that can throw the football better than what he's got, he's going to go get him and not care what anybody else thinks. So, no, it, it doesn't surprise me at all. I, going back to what you said a minute ago, there are folks that are going to kind of have a twitch about this, this if it happens because of the Tommy Stevens thing. A couple things there. One, I don't know that Tommy Stevens was a failure so much as he just came and couldn't stay healthy, and then he was kind of guilty by association with folks' frustration with Moorhead and all that. So, two, I mean, KJ Costello just, I mean, he's not Tommy Stevens. I mean, it, it, it's the equivalent, I guess, of, you know, you, you're looking for looking for a woman to spend your life with, and you go on a date and didn't go well, so you just decide to never date again? Right. I mean... That's a good analogy. You, you, you just... It's a different guy, like you said, a different resume, a, a guy that I, I don't know what offense Stanford runs. It's more of a is it more of a pro style type? Very deal? much a pro style. Um, so I mean, he's already thrown for whatever you just said, thirty five hundred yards or whatever it was in his career, sixty one hundred, yeah, fifty one yards. So you got to figure that come in, throw the football fifty times a game. He he's going to really light it up. Yeah. Um, outside looking in. Don't know just a ton about him other than who he is and know he's had some success at Stanford. Hadn't watched him a ton. Mm-hmm. It seems like a good fit. Um, I don't know why anybody would be upset about it. And, and, and in my lookings online and on message board stuff, not not many people are all that upset about it, I don't yeah. think. So I think, I think a lot of people are in favor of this happening should it come to pass. Can you imagine a bigger culture shock, Palo Alto, California, to Starkville, Mississippi? Well, I mean, he can go talk to Ben Howland. Yeah. I mean, kind of kind of the same kind of the same deal there uh coming from one coast over to to starkville where uh you know i'm pretty sure that as much as i love starkville it's the views are probably a little better out west if probably I guess. So, but yeah. but um I, I guess i just think about it in terms of you know we we look at the mississippi state roster all the time and and there was a point in time we looked at it and thought oh keaton thompson is for sure the next big thing at quarterback and then we look at it and think, oh, Garrett Schrader, he's the next big thing at quarterback. Mm-hmm. And there's a chance now mm-hmm. that neither one of those guys ever for any length of time is the starting quarterback at Mississippi State. It's possible. Because K.J. Costello could come in and start for a year and move on with his career. And then you got Will Rogers, who was very much a Mike Leach guy. Leach was recruiting him to Washington State, of course. And, I mean, Will Rogers could surpass Garrett Schrader. Mm-hmm. over. You know, you give him a year and, th- and apparently this Leach offense from a – simplicity standpoint seems to be pretty easy to pick up so it seems like will rogers could pick it up pretty quick yeah. and if he's a better passer than garrett Schrader, 
You know, Garrett Schrader may never get another chance to be the starter here, barring injury or something. I mean, I know we, we don't know a lot that. Of speculation, but a lot obviously. of speculation, but it's just so funny how, how things can change in an instant. Um, so, yeah, back, back to the uh, original question. Am I surprised that Leach would do this so quickly? No, because at this juncture, you got the man out there tweeting about Sasquatch and everything else. Nothing that man does would surprise me. So, here you go. <laughs> Um, with, with with Schrader, it's it's interesting because you know, like we've been saying, we had this guy anointed a few months ago to be a potential successor to the crown of Dak, of the most popular player ever, and now, you know, changes in latitudes, changes in attitudes. I guess. Yeah. You, you it's it's you're right. It's it's very possible that we might not see him on the field again for Mississippi State. Well, he had since anointing him that. I mean, he had a couple of. I guess he's he's he has a figurative black eye and he had a literal black eye that, yeah. that hurts him in that cause. Um, I mean, it, it's kind of look. Everybody knows that you and I and a lot of people on this beat and a lot of people that know him are big Joe Moorhead as a, a person fans. Right. I mean, we just are. We 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 love Joe Moorhead as a human being and as a man. As a football coach, though, he tainted a lot of the things that he left behind. I think that's the reason that a lot of folks didn't want anything to do with Bob Shoup sticking around as, as defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. The people that didn't was because he was part of that Joe Moorhead era. And, and I think that that kind of, in some folks' eyes, tainted him a little bit. Um, I, I think that being a little tied to Joe probably hurts uh, Garrett in the end. And, and some folks' eyes, not, not everybody, but I, I think that that hurts him a little bit. I think that it was a little bit of a... a I don't PR hits the wrong word, but for his own personal PR, it didn't help him any to be involved in that altercation during the bowl thing. I mean, I, I think that if Garrett Schrader is to run out there and the starting quarterback, everybody's behind him. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying, but I don't know that anybody is anointing him the next Dak like you and I kind of did a few weeks ago yeah. or a few months ago at this point because of whether it was injury, whether it was off the field stuff, whether it's being tied to Joe, his his star. Isn't quite shining as bright as it was back in what mid October or whenever it was, or, or even early November. Um, just circumstances changed, and I mean that, that's just life, you know. Things things happen, things change. Joe's out, Leach is in, and now we're in a situation where everything that that we thought we were going to see in the next couple of years of football, I mean, that got flipped on its head the day Joe Moorhead got booted out the door. Yeah. So, what a what does KJ Costello do for you in terms of a prediction, in terms of what you think of this team next year? I mean, I, I feel weird saying this, not having seen him a ton personally with my own two eyes, but you feel like that's that's worth at least a win, right? It feels like it. At least. Yeah. So if you yeah. had seven, you could go to eight. If you had eight, you could go to nine. I don't. I don't know. You know, there's a threat. There's a long – it's a very uh, – very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There's a lot of arguing going on on 24-7 about, you know, is there a better one-two punch in the SEC than if you have K.J. Costello and Kylan Hill? Some of the SEC's leading rusher and a proven quarterback in a quarterback-friendly system, you know, and I think Mac Jones is very good. You know, people are going to, people are going to, people hate on Alabama quarterbacks because they have the talent around them, but it's not like I could just go out there and just be a Heisman Trophy winner at Alabama. you got to be good. You know, Bo Nix, Got a lot of room to improve, I think. So same with Kellen Mond. 
Um, don't know what you got at LSU. Don't know who the quarterback is at Ole Miss right this second. If, if, if Plumlee and Ely would be a very good backfield, a uh, very good one-two punch, but uh, Corral probably a little less than Plumlee. I, I, just for me, and that I thought that Ole Miss should have just committed to some sort of to, to a Rich Rodriguez style offense because Plumlee is obviously a weapon and he can be. I feel like if Nick Fitzgerald could be a good enough passer to move the ball in the SEC, so could John Rice Plumlee. But regardless of that, but you know, look in the East, Fromm is gone. Uh, you know, Trask and, and P. Ryan over at uh, at Florida, maybe I don't know. Certainly not, you know, anybody at South Carolina, Tennessee, anything like that. So you've got something there, you know. And and I always say, if you've got a good quarterback, you're 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 almost you're almost guaranteed to win games. Yeah. If you I don't remember if you if you remember this when I had the uh, I, I had a, basically a campaign in 2015 when everybody was predicting MSU to finish last in the West, and I was like, they have Dak Prescott. Who was going to be the first team All SEC quarterback? And I did the research. The first team All SEC quarterback had only had one losing season since 1980, and it was Tim Couch. And people were just like, "Oh no, they'll be last." No, if you have a good quarterback, you're not going to finish last. And Costello coming in from day one, from a resume standpoint, might be the second best quarterback in the league. You know, he might it might be the first to be honest with you. So that's. It is incredible <laughs> how quickly fortunes change in this. It's like being in Las Vegas, man. Your, your luck can change just like that. And a month ago, we were like, oh, my God, what is going to happen with this team? It's not going to work. I mean, it's a month going- ago, Colin Hill's out the door. Yeah. Uh, Colin Hill's gone. Errol Moore, may have been. Moorhead's going to come back with it for another year. And you're thinking, how, how are they going to be better offensively? They're not. And now I'm telling you that State could have the best one-two punch in the league with the best offensive coach, maybe in college football, directing the, 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 the offense. And I'm telling you that they're probably going to throw for 4,500 to 5,000 yards. And Colin Hill's just going to do whatever he does. What? And they're going to have a... a Hard to plan for defensive style too. Don't on top of that. Don't don't forget that part either. Um, I mean, there's no guarantees in this thing, but whereas there was little to no excitement before, man, it's awful tough to sit here in, in January and not look forward to what September brings. Um, yeah, I mean, and, you know, we may we may get to November and think all that excitement was for naught, or we may get to November and think, well, I mean, holy cow, it was sort I, of like Moorhead's first year. You know, this time in 2018. We were all, you know, this is going to be a fantastic season and, you know, they're going to be really, really good. And it didn't pan out that way. But with Leach, the track record for success is there. And this is not a first-time head coach. This is a guy who's been around the block. He knows what he's doing. Uh, his system works. It has worked everywhere he's went. Uh, it's put up huge numbers. And, and he, Costello, you have a guy that you know can throw the football accurately. Yes. Yeah. And, and that – like I said, it's career sixty three percent passer. Yeah, so you don't really run into the the can Garrett Schrader or Keaton or whoever can they can also they of interest with Costello as far as the running game goes. If I'm looking at this right, he's only about thirty three hundred yards short of Fitzgerald's record. So <laughs> no, he's not a runner at all. <laughs> His career <laughs> career rushing stats are are quite comical. They're eighty eight carries for ninety six yards. So. Think about that though. When's the last time State didn't have a quarterback that, even with Tyler Russell, he you felt like he had a little bit of mobility. It's been a long time since you were like, okay, this guy just can't run. Maybe Mike Henning, you know, because even West Carroll could run a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyson Lee could run a little bit, and obviously uh, Omar Connor could run plenty. 
I mean, Stay has always had a quarterback you felt was pretty mobile back there. It's been a while since there was a true, true pro style. I'm going to stand in the pocket, you know. I mean, his 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 junior year, 42 carries for negative 20 yards, so he just took a bunch of sacks. Um, he's got one catch in his career for negative 12 yards. Don't throw him the football. Let him through the throwing of the football. Very intriguing to me how quickly it's come together, too. But it does sound like even if it's not Costello, they're going to go after. They're going to get a grad transfer QB. They're going to make that move. You know, and Chase Bryce is an interesting prospect. Costello is a better prospect than than Bryce. The, the, the Bryce thing is interesting because he has two years. So if you get him, you're like, what do you now? We're starting to really think if Chase Bryce is the quarterback, there's no chance on earth Keaton or Schrader is staying. I can't buy into anything unless they're changing positions, which I don't see either. Because what position would Schrader look best at? Tight end. Which doesn't exist anymore. You know, I don't. I don't see Schrader as a down the field receiver, even it's you know his, with his height. I don't think he has the speed to be a guy who can do that. So interesting, interesting looking thing. The stats for Costello one more time: uh, career sixty two point six percent passer, six thousand one hundred fifty one career yards, forty nine touchdowns to eighteen picks. So that's the other thing too. Not judicious with the football. You know, a, a career you're basically two and a half to one there almost in terms of what you're getting. Uh, from from him as far as touchdowns to interceptions, uh, pretty pretty impressive. Who's State even competing with here for Costello? I don't even know. I don't know the answer to that. I just know State's the favorite. I mean, I, I have to assume as a grad transfer that LSU was probably reached out to him. Uh, that uh, you would think. I'm trying to think around the country, Oklahoma, you know, could usually. I mean, I don't know if they want to go that way again. Uh, you know they they have and they have a, a young quarterback they're very high on in Spencer Rattler. But you're just speculating. here, I right? am speculating. Yeah, that, that's not. Like, but I mean, to my knowledge, he is the top guy on the transfer market. You know, it's interesting. Last year's transfer market was a little bit better. Obviously, Hertz, Fields. Uh, you know, Burrow was two years ago, but you know, Hertz and Fields ended up. Be, you know, you knew those guys were going to be great. I don't know that I can I can look here look at you today on January 23rd and say yeah he's going to be great, but I think he can be good. And good is enough. You, you think know. he's better than any option State currently has? Yes. In I terms do. of being a passer, I yes. Do, I do too. I mean, this guy is a career 63% passer. Will yeah. we go through the song and dance of uh, no, QB competition? we will not. If KJ, KJ Costello is the court, let me save everybody that trouble right now. If KJ Costello commits to Mississippi State, KJ Costello is starting game one, barring injury. It's just that simple. Yeah. Don't don't well, I mean, sell yourself on the idea that Garrett Schrader is going to walk out that tunnel as the starting quarterback. Well, to be fair, I thought all along if Tommy Stevens came here, he was walking out the tunnel I did as the starting quarterback. But we went through the song and dance anyway. We did go through the song. I, and dance. I just I don't know what Mike Leach's philosophy here if is. If this guy comes would, in, would he's Mike be Leach the guy. just stand up there and say he's the guy in March? I think so. I mean, if he if he gets here, if he commits this weekend, I mean, I can't. Will he be here for spring? Surely he would. He's a grad transfer. I, I think I read, and I, I, gosh, here I am trying to remember what I read. That's dangerous. My reading comprehension skills sometimes. I think I read where he he would not enroll until June. I think I read that. Now let okay let let me go back to make sure that I am correct upon that. I'm referencing uh, the good folks at Twenty Four Seven Sports. Um. Great air, you know, great pod here. That's fantastic. Good stuff. <laughs> um, well, I'm not seeing where I saw that. Well, there you go. Let's just move on with our lives. Okay. Uh, 
but we'll see what happens. I mean, well, let's say, I mean, school's in session. It, it seems like it would be late to get in, but I don't know about grad school and how that would work, too. Could you, can you practice without being enrolled? I don't know how that, I don't think that would work. Even yeah. if you're a grad? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm and not sure how that works. And if I did read that, maybe he doesn't graduate until June or possible. something like that. Is that? It's possible. I, that seems unlikely, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I read something else, too. So it's very possible. Don't, anyway, don't listen to anything that Joel ever says on this show. Very true. That said, we'll keep an eye on everything this weekend, and we'll see if uh, Mississippi State does indeed have a new uh, new quarterback to look at uh, for the 2020 season. Basketball has a big, big game this weekend. Uh, they will take on the University of Oklahoma. Uh, or are they Oklahoma University? Because they have the OU. I guess they're Oklahoma University. Is that right? I think it is one of those weird deals where it is the University of Oklahoma, but they go by OU. I think that we're learning all sorts of stuff today. You got the computer over there. I'm over here like going through okay. Windows on my you wanna, phone. You want to know what? You, all right, we're about to get a, a pet peeve here. You ready? You ready to hear it? Yeah. Okay. I clicked on this link. It says Men's Basketball Statistics, University of Oklahoma. Click on the link. Men's Basketball Statistics. Here's the link for the PDF. I'm not really paying attention to this PDF. And what do I get? Their stats for 2013. Why is that happening? I don't know, but it is the University of Oklahoma, in right. just in case you're wondering. So now you guys have to sit here with me while I click on another link. So, so, so now, I, now I'm at women's basketball. How is this? Who, who, who set your website up, Oklahoma? No wonder Tyler Horka hates y'all, for God's sakes. I just, I just want to see the stats of the basketball team. That's literally all I want. Now, 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 I'm, now I'm upset. Let's see what we got here. Let's go to ESPN. Maybe they'll take care of us. Hey, look at that. That's what you get right there. All right. Looking at Oklahoma, they're uh, 12 and six on the year. Same record as Mississippi State. Uh, scoring 72 points a game. They've got. Three guys in double figures, but they are well into double figures. Christian Doolittle, Brady Manick, and Austin Reeves, 15-9, 15-6, and 14-7 per game. I mean, that, they're scoring. Um, Doolittle's also the leading rebounder at 8.6 rebounds per game. Um, they don't turn the ball over very much either. T- only 10 turnovers per game. They're shooting uh, 42% from the field, 33% from behind the arc. They're, they're just a solid basketball team. They're not good... I'm sorry, they're not great, but they're good. Yeah. Um, and they've done enough on their schedule. And I'm trying to—I don't know—I don't know what their schedule is. Let's look at the—they've uh, they, beaten Minnesota. They've beaten Oregon State. They lost a—they uh, a, don't have a great loss there to Stanford. Uh, they beat Missouri by double digits. They lost to Wichita State and Creighton, who are both pretty decent basketball programs. And so far in Big Twelve play, uh, they have—they are three and three. Uh, with losses to Iowa State, Kansas, and Baylor. Kansas and Baylor, top 10 teams, uh, both of them. Um, and now this game against Mississippi State. Again, this game is being played at the Chesapeake Arena, which is where the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder play. And uh, But it does count as a true road game for MSU. So everything's in place for a Quadrant 1 win. And this, to me, is MSU's best chance to get one. Because winning, even though State beat Arkansas yesterday, you and I both know what a hornet's nest, what a what a... Tough, tough place to play uh, Arkansas can be. So that road game, that's going to be tough. And then your other two are at Kentucky and at Florida. This is your best chance. So 
knowing that, and knowing that you probably want to have at least one quadrant one win on your resume when you get to tournament time, is this game a little bigger than even you and I are giving it credit for? Ah, uh, probably. Because not only, I mean, and if you win it, it kind of gives you a, it kind of gives you some margin for error a little bit down the stretch, right? I mean, and I think that's critical too in the SEC where you could have an off night any night and lose to a team that's probably not as good as you. So, yeah, yeah, you you, you win this game, you get a quad one road win on top of what you're already doing. I mean, I, I don't know what bracketologists are saying right now, but if State wins this game, you've got to project them in the tournament pretty easily right now, right? I believe, and I, I haven't seen uh, Lenardi's uh, latest thing, but I think he said prior to, uh, let's see if I can find it while we're talking, prior to last night's game, he had stayed in the last four out. So, I mean, if you're saying that you had him in the last four out. They beat Arkansas, they beat Oklahoma, you got him in. At that you got to think that they would be in, right? Yeah, let's see. Here we go. Uh, January first four out. No, that's not that's not correct. So I don't know. That's from January the eighteenth, though. I don't know if he's done another one since then. Um, oh, you did one on the twenty first here. Yeah, let me have a look at it. So yeah, but I, I would agree. I would think if you're if you're last four out, um, before you get a win over the thirty two and the fifty third, thirty second and fifty third ranked uh, teams in the uh, in the net, then yeah, I would think you, you sort of you, you need to yeah. Here it is. Yes, first he had us in the next four out. Us he had stayed in the next four out with a Washington, Xavier, and Richmond. First four out were Minnesota, Alabama, DePaul, and Virginia. That's interesting that Alabama is one of the first four out because they have the win over Mississippi State. That could come down, and but State does get to play Alabama again at home. That just write it down. That's another. That's another game State's going to have to get because it looks like that they're going to be battling with Alabama. That, that they're going to need that. He has Oklahoma as one of the last four buys. So what he's saying there is he has them in as an at-large and not in the play-in games. So Oklahoma, yeah, currently would be a tournament team for uh, Joe Lenardi. So, yeah, this game is huge. Everything's pointing at it. It's huge. And luckily, if you're an MSU fan, your team is playing as well as it's played all year, and Reggie Perry is turning himself into a lottery pick every time he touches the floor. So you've got everything working the right direction. You've got everything working the way you want it to, but you have to go out and win this game. If State can win, they're going to put themselves in the position where they just have to take care of business. Just win the games you're supposed to win, and you're going to get into the tournament. If you lose this game, it feels like you got to, you're going to have to find a win you're not expecting right now. Uh, maybe at Arkansas, at Kentucky, at Florida, one of those three. And I'll be totally honest with you, if they win this game, Florida has not been great. They lost to Missouri. Yeah. They lost to LSU. You could beat Florida. Now, down there will be tough, but that's a winnable basketball game. And none of the teams this year seem invincible. I think Very we talked true. about that yesterday. Yeah, like yeah. any of them, any of them are winnable. Yeah. Like it's uh so you could could go to Kentucky and win. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, am I am I going to predict that? No. 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 But but if it happened, we're not doing a pod later that day just totally shocked. Right. Right. Who's the uh, so? Who's your playmaker for this game then? I mean, is it is it cheating to just go with Reggie Perry because of the dude? Yeah, we had that Arnett Moultrie rule back on the yeah. BNB show. I don't know. You tell me. Um, the thing if, is though, Perry could play well. 
And State could still lose. Well, to me, I mean, if Tyson Carter is in double figures, they win the game. (laughs) It seems like that. Like, it really does seem that way. So, um, so yeah. Anyway, I I, I guess I'll go with Tyson Carter if I can't go with Reggie Perry because I will continue uh, the six-pack speak plus Joel T. Coleman rule of Mm -hmm. as Tyson Carter goes, so goes Mississippi State. So, I'll say Tyson Carter. That's a good pick. Uh, and you can pick Reggie Perry if you want, but I, I do think that Reggie Perry is a guy who can have a great game and State could still lose. He has to have his supporting cast around him. And the the, the guy who's been playing really well in this three-game winning streak for me is Nick Weatherspoon. That's who I'm going to go with. Uh, you look at his last two games, he's had 14 assists to two turnovers. Uh, he's scoring in double figures. Defensively, he's given you what you've always gotten out of him. It took a couple of games to get out of the funk of, of sitting out for a year, but that, se- that seems to have clicked for him now. If Nick Weatherspoon has a good game, I think that it's a it's a good prediction for Mississippi State. Speaking of predictions, let's hear yours. I think they're playing so well right now, and maybe I'm just you know influenced by that. But for three games now, they look I don't want to say unstoppable. That's that's the wrong way to put it. But they have looked darn good for three games in a row now. So I will predict State to go on the road and get this win. And that that may be I don't know maybe that's not smart, but uh, that's the route that I'm going. I'm going to say that State claims a really tight, I'll say 75-74, like down to the wire. Okay. So here's what's the truth. Everybody's listening right now, and they're thinking, please don't pick State to win. Yeah. Because I've I've said three in a row. I'm not going to predict State to win. (laughs) I I am still a little, little nervous. The first half the other night, they didn't play great. And I think on the road that can be a problem. If you, if they don't come out strong, it can be a problem. So I'm I'm gonna this is this is the last one though. If they win this one, I'm gonna do some. I may not against Florida, but I will be predicting some wins going forward. But this this is one I want to see. I want to see one more. I feel like you know I'm I'm pushing my luck a little bit. Like I'm I'm at the craps table and I I'm up. I should get out. I'm gonna roll one more time. Uh, we'll see. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Oklahoma seventy five Mississippi State seventy. We're in the same realm with score. Yeah, that's that's about right. That's what those teams average per game, yep. and that's what it's going to be. We'll see what happens. Though. Oh, by the way, yeah. uh, back to our original topic here. Oh, did you KJ find Costello, it? Uh, it was Paul Jones that had said that Costello couldn't enroll till June. Yeah, but what does he know? So, so I, I did read that, and uh, you can read more great info on KJ Costello and all of Mississippi State's perspective, folks, with a subscription to Twenty Four Seven Sports. I feel like I got to throw that in because I kind of use some of their info there. Hey, man, if you buy a newspaper and you read the newspaper and you tell somebody what you read in the newspaper, it's not illegal. That's how I look at that. It's not illegal, but I'm just, you know, you know. those guys do good work. I, wanna... I mean, they're okay. They're all right. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, yeah, that's that's it. All right, we'll see if we'll talk to you on Sunday or Monday. Um, oh, before we go, Royal Rumble prediction. Joel should be at the house. With me, we we had this the other day. Yeah, I, didn't, I, didn't I don't know think then. you actually I, made a prediction. I didn't know then. I don't know now. Uh, uh, Lesnar. I think it's going to be that way, and then they're going to set up some sort of funky thing at WrestleMania. I don't know what it's going to be. But that's where they're going with it. I think. Can Lesnar go for an hour like that? 
Well, I mean, you could, he could like yeah, get thrown power out, out for a little. He could get thrown out of the ring, and five that, guys could like slam him through the announce table. But, and, you might say like, doesn't that? If they do that, that's fine. But if he's just out there pattering out for a while, it sort of hurts his gimmick, which is unstoppable monster. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. I, I get the feeling that Lesnar is going to throw out like the first five guys as they hit the ring. Like the first, he's coming out. The sec, number two comes out. Bell rings. Suplex going over. He sits there for however long. Next guy comes out. He gets the ring. Suplex going over. You know, I, I mentioned the other day. I think and then on like the, the show, sixth guy would be like Roman Reigns or something. I I went to the Royal Rumble in Atlanta back in like 2010, 2011, whenever it was, and uh, that was when CM Punk was in straight up like straight edge society mode. Yeah. And and he was they were eliminating folks pretty quickly, and so we were getting like CM Punk promos between every elimination. Oh nice. And so that was that that was pretty cool deal so maybe i don't know maybe you're right we'll see what happens all right have a great one guys we'll talk to you either again on either sunday i guess we, no we won't talk to you on sunday because we got too much going on. we got Ole miss uh men's i'm sorry msu Ole miss women's basketball that day too so it's gonna be a late podcast no victory sunday regardless of what happens on uh saturday and of course saturday we also have a msu media day for baseball check me out on twitter uh i guess at sports talk miss and we'll have video from all, from those guys and as we get ready to start baseball season as well. A lot going on. Good times here in Starville. Talk to you again later. For Joel T. Coleman, Woo. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.